Welcome back to the Rock Your Retirement Show. I'm your host, Kathy Klein, and today is the fourth episode in a series of four with my husband, Les. Say hello, Les. Hi. Hello, Les. Oh, no. (laughs) Hi, Gracie. Um, (laughs) Where we are talking about chronic pain. I mean, the article that we are referring to is in the Consumer Reports June 2019 uh, magazine, and it was a pretty long article. That's why we didn't want to do it all in one episode. And so we will be finishing that up today, and we'll be talking about steroids and surgeries. But before we start, I wanted to let you know that this episode is brought to you by Medicare Quick, and we're not uh, promoting the step-by-step guide today, we're promoting the classes. So I have a class site where you can watch for free 30 episodes, 30 different videos, 30 different classes, actually they're not all videos, but most of them are, on different topics of Medicare. The first lesson is completely free. In other words, you don't have to put in your email address. You can just get it for free. And then if you want to watch additional episodes of the, you know, a different a different uh, classes, then you, all you have to do is put in your email address. And don't worry, I'm not going to spam you. I am not going to sell your information to anybody. You're not going to get 20 phone calls. If you decide that you want to work with us, and we are not going to call you because you gave us your email, then it will be me or a member of my team that will call contact you. Um, if you are within about eight months of turning 65, you're probably already getting that huge stack of Medicare mail. It usually winds up being about six inches, four to six inches. Don't worry, we're not going to add to that. We just want to make sure that you have all of the information that you need when it comes to Medicare. So thank you so much, Les, for joining me once again and talking about pain and actually bringing to my attention this Consumer Report article. So what did you think about steroids? I mean, I I definitely know people who have done both steroids and surgeries, and it does provide relief to them. Although I believe that it said in the article that steroids do tend to uh, go down depending you know, like you can't you can't overuse them but it right. talked about how when this particular gentleman went to go see a surgeon that basically the surgeon said you got to have surgery and they went and got a second opinion and wound up they they didn't need surgery it's kind of like if all you have is a hammer everything looks like a nail did you get that impression yeah, well, I I feel that way about surgery generally anyway. I mean, I think you always have to have a second opinion in my in my opinion. Uh, and it says the article says that the orthopedic surgery in particular has more people seeking second opinions than any other specialty. And so that just says that the body has a capability to heal itself a lot of times that, that you don't need to have surgery to to heal the problem. Well, I'm going to bring up a story that I've brought up. I don't know if I brought it up on the show before, but I've certainly brought it up with our friends. And let me preface this, that I don't equate animals to people, okay? But I had a dog years ago. His name was Barney. And Barney hurt his, I think it was his hip. And this was before I knew Les, but Les 
did get the opportunity to meet my dog. And I was not making a lot of money at the time and took my dog to a vet, a vet. And the vet said that my dog needed surgery. And he said that there were risks involved with the surgery and that the surgery was, it was going to take him four to six weeks to heal after the surgery. And the surgery was going to be $5,000. And I said to the vet, I said, well, how long will it take my dog to heal if I opt out of the surgery? And the vet says, it'll take four to six weeks for your dog to heal if you don't have surgery. And I looked at the vet and I said, if it's going to take four to six weeks for my dog to heal after the surgery, and it's going to take four to six weeks for my dog to heal if he doesn't have the surgery, why would I put my dog through going under anesthesia, going through all of that pain of the surgery, and spending $5,000 when it's going to take the same amount of time to heal? And I kid you not, that vet looked me straight in the face and said, well, that's your choice. And so after that experience with my dog, I always ask questions. I mean, when Les was, when we first found out that Les had cancer, didn't I want to ask about a million questions to the doctor? Yeah, yeah, that, and that's reasonable. That's and a lot reasonable. of those questions had he, listener, my husband would not let me ask this, but I wanted to ask the doctor how much money he was going to make by putting my husband through chemo. Les, being the kind soul that he is, would not let me ask that question, but I certainly wanted to ask. Well, I mean, doctors do, especially these days, get paid for uh, doing what they normally do, and that is surgeons get paid for surgery. Of course, they're going to to want to cut you. Well, we know somebody who had surgery, and he wound up with MRSA. Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, and now he has a lifetime problem. Yeah, there are side effects of surgery just like there are side effects of drugs. And uh, uh, in any case, it just says that you should always try to get a second opinion when when you have pain. We're talking about chronic pain here. When you have chronic pain, get a second opinion and uh, and see if you can maybe avoid surgery. But sometimes surgery is what you really yeah. need. I mean, I had a business partner and she had incredible neck pain, just incredible neck pain. And it went on for years and years. She wound up getting a fusion and it cured her of her pain. Sure. So sure. for her, the surgery was definitely the right way to go. But the point is, is that she tried so many things before she resorted to surgery because it is very invasive and you don't know if you're going to wind up with something like MRSA. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't have surgery again. I'm not a doctor and neither is Les. We are just discussing this article. Any any um, thing that you decide that you want to do for your pain, if you are receiving pain, that is a discussion between you and your doctor. That's, that's right. That particular case that you mentioned was uh, back surgery too. Right. With right. the MRSA. Yeah. Oh, that's right. It was, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It was back surgery. Yeah. That just says, I mean, anytime you go under the anesthesia, anytime you go to the hospital, you know, you, you run the risk of, of having complications. There's no question about it. 
know, that's so. why I like staying away from emergency rooms and hospitals if I can. Yeah, I like taking advantage of the um, video doctors. <laughs> but but the story that this guy had had a uh, what was it a, a slip disc I think herniated and slip discs. That's right. That he was able to cure that with, uh, with physical therapy. Physical therapy, which is really great. I mean, this is this is exactly what you want. And exercise, I must say. But, it wasn't just physical therapy. But the other side of it, it was hard work on his part. Right. I mean, he had to question. do he the therapy and he had there. to exercise. Yeah. He just didn't go in there, have some anesthesia, get some surgery, and everything was fine. I mean, it, it was hard work. But uh, but it, it paid off because uh, he's not had problems, apparently. Right. Yeah, it's hard. Um, now, this surgeon, orthopedic spine surgeon at Swedish Medical Center in Seattle, his name is Hans Gorn. He starts with what he calls prehab. And so before he does surgery, he works with them on sleep, which we've already top, talked about, I think, in episode one or two, stress, which we really haven't talked about, no, yeah. and exercise, uh, which we talked a little bit about. I you know, the stress thing too, stress can definitely cause pain. I know that when sure. I get my shoulder pain, it's usually because I'm under a lot of stress. Yeah, because stress causes inflammation and uh, inflammation causes pain. So yeah, I have the same issue. Uh, if I'm under a lot of pressure, I, my neck hurts. Same right. kind of thing. Yeah. So, uh, so before you get surgery, a lot of people start with cortisone shots. That's right. And I know a lot of people that get great relief from cortisone, but after a while it stops working. Right. But that comes to, to the steroid injections. Right. Now, I, I have, when going through chemo, they give you steroids right at the beginning of the, the chemo treatment. But they're not giving you shots. They're giving you pills so no. that you can keep up no. your energy. Right. That's different. Exactly. I mean, they're not giving you steroids well, for pain. They're giving it. Yeah. Yeah. Different reason. But, right. you know, I know what steroids can do from a positive standpoint. It really did, in fact, help help me have more energy and, and overcome what could have been a lot worse on the uh, chemo. Right. Remember, we used to um, jokingly ask if you could just have steroids every day. Yeah, right. <laughs> Right. And the doctor said, no, you only get them before this, you know, before three days, three days, you know, so, but in any case, but one of the things that they talk about with, with direct injections of steroids is depends on where the injection goes. You can actually cause somebody to die. If you, if you're uh, putting it in the wrong space in your, uh, in your back. Well, isn't it usually the actual doctor who gives you the steroid, you know, the yeah, cortisone yeah. or the steroid shot? It's not It's not usually a nurse. Yeah, but even so, I mean, it's the complications are incredible. I mean, the, they're talking about the epidural space outside the sac of the, the fluid around the spinal cord, which is where a lot of people have problems. But, but if, if they make that injection in the wrong place... Right. Uh, they said that it's actually safer to put it in your buttocks. Yeah, which is a secondary effect of 
problems with the back oftentimes is pinched nerve that I was talking about in the last uh, last session. Right. And a lot of people do get, I guess that's where the term pain in the... <laughs> but, yeah, pain in the butt. Oh, where Yeah, that that's right. That's right. From. But but I can see where injections in the buttocks uh, or in the legs could uh, make sciatica less painful, no question. I've never had a shot for pain, personally. Me um, neither, actually. Yeah, I've never, but but I know plenty of people that do, and plenty of people that that have chronic pain. It just my heart goes out to them that that they have to. Yeah, sure. That they have to do this and can't really function between shots. But this says that more than two or three shots a year can cause joint cartilage damage. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's eating away at the joint. Because if you're getting a shot in your butt, you know, and it's causing joint damage, I wonder I wonder how that happens. I wonder why. It, it must somehow there's, I, cause yeah, nutrients. Yeah, there's some physiological reason for it. There's no question. But uh, what it is, I don't know. But I have another friend who is in chronic pain. And she gets surgery and then... Three weeks later, she's on an airplane. You know, yeah, yeah, that's going another... somewhere. She's not doing what the doctor tells her to do. Well, I just find that to be, you know, sometimes I just want to say to her, "Hey, you've had multiple surgeries. Why don't you just stop traveling for a while and take some time and heal, like the doctor told you to do?" Yeah, that's right. You know, so it's frustrating being the friend of somebody who you know is not following the doctor's instructions because although pain is personal, you know, each person's pain is personal, as an outsider, you sometimes you just want to say, hey, why don't you do what the doctor tells you to do? Just take some time, take a deep breath, you know, take eight weeks off or whatever the doctor said and stop trying to do so much because you're not doing yourself. Okay. I'll give you an example that has nothing to do with one of my friends. Les and I just started watching that shows this, this is us. And we are late to the game. It's, you know, we're currently on what the beginning of season three. Les? I think so. Yeah. We're currently on the beginning of season three and we're recording this episode in May of 2019. So we're far behind. Please don't tell us what happens. But in one of the episodes, I think it was last season, season two, um, what's the movie star's name? Kevin? Is that Kevin? Yeah, I don't. The the son, I think his name is Kevin, he um, hurt his knee and refused to (laughs) stay off of his knee. And the whole time I'm thinking, you... Dummy, do what the doctor says. You're gonna, you're gonna cause yourself a lifetime disability. That's what I'm thinking. I'm not thinking. Yeah, oh, he's a tough guy. Yeah. He's no. In this case, pay attention to your physical therapist. You know, because you need to move the knee, but you can't do overdo, overdo it. it. Right. And so uh, that's where I think your other friend might really benefit by following to the letter of physical therapy. It's hard and, when, you know, and then you get to hear 
all the complaints and what's going on, but you as an outsider are not allowed to say, no, no. Hey, <laughs> find a physical therapist. Hey, you need to start doing what your doctor <laughs> is telling yeah, you. You're right. not allowed to do that. I mean, that is socially no. unacceptable for sure. You won't have many friends if you, if you do that. But the, the character Kevin in, in the, did I say Keith? Theory. Yeah, it's Kevin. No, yeah. no, Kevin. Yeah. Kevin. He chose to go the opioid route. And then he became addicted. And he became addicted. Right. You know? So guess what? His knee didn't heal. So it's what so many people end up doing. Right. It's, just it's our society. You know, yeah. our society kind of trains us. Take a pill, take a chill pill. You know, we, we have it in our vernacular. Now, as an example, the article talks about the fact that orthoscopic, yeah, orthos, orthoscopic, scopic surgeries on the knee to repair cartilage. It's one of the most common uh, surgeries, but it's pretty ineffective as when it comes to pain. Apparently, did it say that? Yeah. I guess I remember reading about hip replacements. That that is a good surgery. That there's a, a high likelihood yeah. of being out yes. of pain. Where Where is that? Yes. I don't even know where that is. It's right at the other options. Are there other options? Studies sh have shown that they don't improve symptoms any better than physical therapy. But sometimes it does. Yeah, like like hip surgery is, a, is right. an example. Right. It says, you're right, it says surgery does not necessarily lead to better results and safer uh, treatments. Yep. Orthoscopic knees procedures to repair, repair cartilage that are among the most common surgeries in the U.S., yet studies have shown that they don't improve symptoms any better than physical therapy. Exercise and physical therapy work as well or better than surgery for minor rotator cuff injuries and low back pain. But it does say that surgery may speed recovery from a slipped disc or spinal stenosis, but those using non-invasive therapies for at least two years failed just as well. But who wants to go through two years of pain? Yeah, well, that's true. But they say at the end that uh, people who fully commit to rehab tend to have the best outcome. But for two years. I know. Well, you know, that's that's your trade-off. Hmm. Yeah, it says 90% of people who have a hip replacement are pain-free 10 to 15 years later. Knee replacements yep. improve mobility, but about 20% of recipients have ongoing pain. So I guess the moral of the pain story is, number one, it's a personal, everybody's pain is personal. Yeah. Number two, multiple therapies work better than just one. Yeah. And number three, if it gets bad enough, depending on the type of pain and where you're having your pain, surgery may help. Right. So that's kind of what I learned. What did, what did you learn? Yeah, I, that's, that's, I learned about the same thing. I learned, I, I'm not sure that this is just from this article, but I learned how important the physical therapy side can be. That's, that's really, especially as you get older. So the next time you're complaining about your pain, and I'm going to say, which I did last time, go get yeah, a physical yeah. therapist. You might actually do it. You know, there's one right around the corner from our house. 
Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, go knock on the door. Hey, well, it's tough to tough to do because I I really just like most people I really dislike the exercise. I mean I I really it's boring and painful, you know. But it's something I should be doing. I mean, there's no question about it. Well, we're going to talk about what we've been doing because we have been lifting weights, um, and not yeah, in this episode, did. but we'll talk about it in follow-up episode about some of the movement things that we've been doing since we moved here. And the episode that we had with Rocky Lalvani um, really sort of kick-started us wanting to get healthier and lift weights. So we, we will talk about that in a future episode. So Les, anything that you want to say before we say goodbye? Well, I think it's been a a big pleasure for me to join you in this podcast, in this podcast series. I look forward to to others in the future. Great. Well, thanks so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. And it's been a great, great fun for us to do this together. And for the listener, thank you for joining us. And we'll see you next time on Rock Your Retirement. Oh, wait, I wanted to thank you again for listening to the Rocky Retirement Show. If you're a new listener, a good place to start is episode 116. This explains the six pillars of retirement lifestyle and our general philosophy. Episodes 1 through 236 can be thought of as an encyclopedia. These are topics that may or may not be interesting to you. You can listen to the ones that you're interested in and forget the rest until the issue becomes an issue for you. And that's okay. I actually don't recommend starting with episode one and working through until the most recent. That's actually not how the show was designed. Of course, if you want to do that so you can see how the show changed over time, you're welcome to. Now, starting in August... Actually, August 31st of 2020, we changed the format of the show. The monthly episodes starting with 237 follow a real retiree from her pre-announcement through her first year of retirement. There might be bonus episodes, but we're committed to monthly. If you've enjoyed any of our past shows or the show that you've just listened to and you want to support us, you can do so in any of the four ways. One, share this episode with a friend or family member who needs to hear it. This is the most important way that people find us. Since our audience is typically older, we grow by having our listeners share our episodes with others. Two, subscribe to or follow the show using whatever podcast catcher you're listening on right now. Now, if you're listening on your computer, you can listen on your smartphone by going to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, iHeartRadio, Spotify. I mean, I believe on all of them. 
If you can't find us on the podcast catcher that you'd like to use, send us a note on the website at rockyourretirement.com and we'll make sure that we get on your favorite podcast app. But basically, what you do is you download the app and then you search for the show and when you find it, you'll hit subscribe. Make sure it's the Rock Your Retirement Show and that you hear my voice when you listen. Um, actually, there were some episodes where Henry Shapiro was a guest. Uh, we, we actually downloaded some of his episodes. So if you hear him, it's probably still the, the same show. There were maybe 34 or 35 episodes back in the beginning that we hosted on our show uh, when he decided to leave podcasting. Number three, how you can support us is by leaving a review. Whatever podcast app you're listening to normally has the option of leaving a review, either a written review saying how great the show is or just with stars. Five stars is typically the best. And of course, we're shooting for those five-star reviews. And if you tell us why you like the show, what you liked about it, it's actually easier for other people to understand what the show's about. A lot of people, when they find our show, they think it's about money. And of course, by now, you know that it's not. Number four, if you'd like to support us financially, of course, we're always appreciative of that. Just go to rockyourretirement.com slash support, and it will take you to our page where you can support us financially. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on Rock Your Retirement. Bye.